Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. And welcome to Habs Unfiltered, episode 238, I think. Yeah, that's that's what it is. I'm your host, Blaine Padme, and I'm joined by my co-host, Matt Smith. I don't think that's right, but good afternoon. <laughs> 328? I think it's over two. <laughs> I don't know. We've, we've done a lot of them. That's all we can say. It's yeah. So uh, we're recording. It's Friday afternoon, 10th of March. Uh, it's been a week. Let me tell you. Yeah. Uh, so my my mind's a little wishy washy. Uh, Treg, unfortunately, can't be with us. Um, so we're just gonna plow through without him. And uh, this episode, we'll talk a little bit about the recent games that the Canadians have played, specifically the Rangers game that just passed. Uh, talk about some of the injury stuff going on, and you know, just general crap. So, Matt. I'll let you kick it off. Why don't you give us a little bit of a synopsis of what kind of a, I guess the injury update, whatever the update kind of sort of was. Yeah. So it, it was kind of weird how they did it too. It was, it was after, it was after the game and uh, it's kind of like when they traded patch like real early in the morning like in passing. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so we, we, we received an update on, Jack Eye, which we knew he was going to be out the rest of the year. So he had a shoulder surgery and he's going to be out the rest yep. of the season. We already know that. And they said that he should, you know, knock on wood, he should be ready for training camp, which we all knew anyway. So that wasn't really a surprise. Um, Brennan Gallagher, an, another three to four weeks. Um, when he originally went down with injury, the last game he played, I believe, was somewhere around January 3rd. He scored a goal in that game, and that was after already missing time. Um, yeah. That was a six-week diagno- diagnosis that they gave, which would have brought him back sometime in the middle of Feb. Uh, we're now the 10th of March, and they're saying another three to four weeks. So... It's good to see that we have some uh, um, a time frame now and that we might see him back before the end of the year. But unfortunately, it's yeah. another one of those years where a veteran player on a lengthy contract, however, heart and soul of the team, has missed the majority of the year. Um, hopefully, again, again yeah. So hopefully, hopefully he's going to be back next year. Knock on wood again that um, he'll he'll end up uh, being healthy. Um, and the other one was Kirby Doc. So Kirby Doc went down with an injury prior to their um, trip to California. So that would have been yeah, somewhere like around mid Feb. So, yeah, somewhere around mid Feb. And it just said out indefinitely with a lower body injury. And here we are from mid-Feb to the 10th of March, as we record, and it's the same thing, out indefinitely, lower body injury. Yeah, it doesn't sound like he'll be back at all, but the, this whole thing with the lower body injury, I, I don't care about upper and lower, but this one with Doc really, really snuck up on us because, correct me if I'm wrong, but prior to being out with a lower body, he was out due to illness. And then they had that really weird uh, press release that stated uh, the illness was a symptom of a lower body injury. And okay. everyone was trying to figure out, you know, was that some kind of flesh eating disease or, you right. know, some kind of a sepsis or who knows what. So now it's, it's lower body. It's undetermined amount of time. This is the kind of thing that makes people second guess the transparency right of the team yeah because they were doing for they were doing pretty well for a while they weren't yeah. all, they weren't just saying 
and there's they, they but they got to the point where they're given a little bit too much information like i don't need to i i on as long as the the player is looked after i don't give a shit who's doing his knee surgery i don't care who's looking at his hand i don't care if he's going to this hospital whatever good on them for saying that they're they're, they're telling us more than what we need to know but now they're kind of drawing back into the way that they used to be where it was indefinite period of time or that that kind of stuff where it's oh it's a lower oh it's an upper oh it's a upper lower it's a lower upper and we're like okay okay i I understand i mean upper and lower i i that stuff really doesn't bother bother me at all like it you you know like shoulder and head upper uh knees and feet lower like who cares right it's the the wishy-washiness that of the seeming wishy-washiness anyway and i'm not blaming the pr team because this is coming from the medical staff. So you right. got guys who are day to day for over a month. Like how are you day to day for four weeks? Yeah. Yeah. Like at, after about a week of that, you should probably do an update and say, you know what? He was day to day. Now we're week to week. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's changed. It's still vague, but it's, it's clear that they're, they're re- they're reassessing and they're looking into it more. And there's a little bit of information there. So you're not expecting the guy to come back, you know, two games from now. Right. Like, I just find it, it just like mind boggling. I'm on hockey reference right now, um, which is something I use for um, a lot of my uh, pre-show prep. So shout out to By the way, hockey reference, (laughs) we're we're available for advertising. So, you know, so, 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 so shout out to the hockey reference. Um, But I look at, I look at it right now and I look at this list of injuries. I'm going to name them off. And this is pretty much the team. Like every one of these guys would be on the team right now. If, if they were healthy. So Armia, Baron. Baron would likely be in over Weidman, or at least I'd hope. Yeah. Uh, Paul Paul Byron, Cole Caulfield, Kirby Doc, Christian Dvorak, Jake Evans, Brendan Gallagher, Jordan Harris, Sean Monahan, which is another one that we're, we have no fucking idea when he's coming back. Um, Carey Price, don't know if he's ever coming back. He's Harper, not. He's going to probably get his contract traded. Yeah. Yeah, future cares or uh, Arizona Coyote, um, yeah. Arbor Jack guy, and Uri Slavkovsky. So you name those guys off, and that's there's your roster right there. That's pretty much the opening day roster. I'm I'm preparing an article right now where I've spoken to orthopedic surgeons. I've spoken to professional trainers in the military with special forces with the NHL I'm, I'm putting something together right now to kind of break down and look at what's going on in general terms, because they're not in the, in the in milieu, so to speak. But I mean, this is just every single player that has played on that team with the exception of Nick Suzuki over the last two years has missed time due to injury. The hockey gods must be fucking pissed at right. Montreal. Right. And, and and the funny thing is they're not day-to-day injuries. They're not these little, hey, I sprain this or I tweak this. Like I look at some of these names and for instance, um Evans. Um has been out since the middle of January. Yeah. Right? Um Gallagher since the start of January. Um uh, Monahan's start of December. Um, Slavkovsky, we knew that he was going to be out for a while, but uh, middle of January, I like these aren't these small, small injuries. And this is the second year in a row it's happened. And it's no, by no coincidence that the Canadians have been at the bottom of the standings for both. Yeah. I, I'm not, I'm not laying the Canadians sucking <laughs> at the feet of the injuries because the team is not a really complete team anyway. Right. But instead of being dead last last year and around bottom five this year, if everyone were healthy, we're probably looking at this year, uh, a team that would be a couple of points out from an actual playoff race. Like, you know, 
five, six, maybe eight points away from a playoff spot we'll instead of being. We'll, we'll look how they were playing prior to Monahan going down. Yeah, they were a five hundred team. Right, they were. Yeah, they were five hundred team. They were right in there. They were competing every night, and then it was that um, that stretch right around Christmas time or over the Christmas Christmas break. Yeah, and then it they just kind of showed kind of their kind of what their true team was. And it just broke them down. And then there was more injuries over that trip. And then they went into this trip and there was injuries. And and now it seems that like the other night we got Ghoulie back, but we lost Harris and we lost Dvorak. Yeah. So it's can't it's, win it's, for losing. Exactly. It's just it's a never ending parade to the infirmary. And at some point, luck is going to have to start turning here. <clears throat> Everybody's been hurt, except for Suzuki. Well, he's probably played hurt on and off. Yep. Your little dings and stuff. And and I got to make it clear. There's a difference between being hurt and being injured. You can, you know, you got a little bit of a tweak. You can play through a tweak, you know, maybe some bruising or fatigue, but you can't play through the injury. And that's... That seems to be happening quite a bit because uh, Monahan he played through an injury for a couple of games and then that was it. Yeah. So and it really uh, seems oh, that I, playing Gallagher, through it seems that playing through that injury may have actually caused more damage. Yes, that's how it's looking yeah, that's, right now. That's just it. Yeah. And at some point, you got to start protecting the players from themselves they'll play no matter what you it's like that monty python movie uh uh quest for the holy grail you come up on the black knight you cut off an arm tis but a scratch right players are exactly like that right so i don't know i don't know what the answer is but maybe i do and you'll have to check the hockey writers for my next article <laughs> <laughs> But it's it's given the uh, it's given the um, opportunity to other players. We want to segue into the game. Yes. So um, play the Rangers. Another four three loss. So that's five straight games now. They've lost by a goal against uh, their last four games, but not against pushover teams. Uh, the Kings, the Knights, no. the Canes, and the Rangers. And. From what I've noticed, yes, guys in the lineup are stepping up. Um, guys that you expect to step up are stepping up, mainly Suzuki, Anderson. However, we're seeing these guys that are looking at the roster next season and they're looking at the infirmary like we just named off. <laughs> and uh, all these players are going to be back next year, providing they're healthy. And you look at guys like Harvey Pinard, you look at guys like Pizzetta, you look at guys like Belzil, and these are the guys yeah. that have been playing their asses off because they're trying to get noticed by management. They're trying to do the right things. They're trying to get their names on the stat sheets. So when training camp comes around or it comes time that these guys need to be signed because they have UFA or RFA status, that they're going to be part of this team moving forward. Um, so I'll, I'll talk about Pizzetta really quick. I think that, uh, he's been very noticeable in the last few games. He's bringing that energy. He's throwing a lot of hits. And for a guy that averages nine minutes or less a night, he's got more points this season than Armia does only by one. And yes, he's played a little bit more. He's played more games, but he's got more points than Armia. He's got more points than Gallagher. He's got more than Pitlick, etc. Like like you can name off other all these other players. And this is your prototypical bottom six physical goon type player. And right now he's playing with a little bit more heart than some of the other guys that are on the team. And and and, and part of yeah. it could be just the, the the player that he is or the fact that he's trying to play for a job. But I'm liking what I'm seeing from him. I'm liking what I'm seeing from Harvey Pinard. I'm liking what I'm seeing from Belzil. 
Um, a guy that for the longest time could not score a goal and now he's got goals in three straight and they, and they haven't been just like a little chops in front of the net either. They've been actually quality shots, including the one he scored last night in Shesterkin. That was an amazing shot. And that whole line actually, Belzil, Pizzetta and Tierney, that fourth line has been excellent. The last few games, those guys have been playing really well together and you can tell that they're all uh, they're all playing for jobs, right? They, they're motivated. They're playing, they're, they're playing the system, the exact way that the coach wants them to play. And whether it's with Montreal or with someone else, these guys are playing for a job and they will get contracts next year because of the way they're playing. Right. And the thing is like, this is their time to shine because it's not like at the end of the year, they can go down to Laval because they were never papered over to Laval. So it's not like they're going to be there for the playoff push or anything anyway. So this, like, this is their time. This is their time to yeah. show us what you got or show the league what you got. Because yes, as you said, they're going to be somewhere, whether it's with the Canadians or not, these guys are going to have say, professional contracts going into next season. Yeah, I think Pizzetta is probably out of the three that we just mentioned, the most likely to remain with the Canadians. Um, Now, you mentioned Harvey Pinard, and he has been very noticeable since his his call up here. He's played about 20, 21 games, games, something like that. Okay. And isn't he like top six or seven in scoring on the team in with eight goals already? Uh, if I go to goals, he is seventh. Okay. In twenty one sure in, in, in games. 10. Hoffman has ten, yeah. And he's Hoffman played has 10 fifty he's some played odd games. Fifty one games. Dvorak has got ten. He's played sixty four games. And yeah. then you've got Doc Anderson, Suzuki, Caulfield. So it it's not un, it's not something that is out of reach for him to become, say, the fourth best scorer on the team yeah in only a, in, in a quarter of a season yeah yeah i just and like what he i just i just like what he's brought to the team and, and kind of yeah. what those guys have brought to the team um you are the guy in laval you're you're a top six guy or a top three guy and you're coming over and you're playing you're playing the way you should be you're playing with you're 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 forechecking. You're you're going to the net. You're you're getting your chances, and after a while, they're 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 finally going to come. With uh, Harvey Panarin, it was like right away. They 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 he shot the puck or he tipped the puck. It went in the net. With Belzil, it seemed that there could be two wide open nets, and he'd hit you know post on one. It would post on the other, and and be out. But um, I, I'm as you said, that fourth line's looked very good. I'm liking the drive that they have. Um, Tierney was a surprising pickup, but he's got four points in seven games. Um, depth guy, he's a friend. He's a friend of Josh Anderson. He's actually in his wedding. Um, we'll see kind of what happens there. Um, Garyanov, the pickup for Dadnov, he slowed down a little bit in his last few games. However. I have enjoyed the fact that he shoot the puck a lot. He actually picked up an assist in the game against the Rangers. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. He's shooting the puck a lot. So he's got two points in the six games, but he's getting two, you know, a couple shots a game and he's been noticeable. He just hasn't been, let's just say as noticeable when he first showed up. Yeah. No one's expecting him to be a top line player here at best. We're the best case scenario is him becoming a third line winger. So, so far, I'd say, you know, mission accomplished. Right. Uh, with the te- the Canadians as a whole, though, we're watching a team that, let's be, we talked about the injuries. Let's be honest. This is not a team that should be competitive. But here they are. They're yeah. competitive in just about every single game, even though the team is just full of Laval Rocket players. Like this is, right. this is the Montreal Rocket, yeah. essentially. But they're going toe to toe with some of these really good teams. Like, and these are all the teams that games. added. These are teams that added at yeah. the deadline. Yeah, like the Rangers last night. Yeah. They brought in, you know, Tarasenko, Tarasenko Kane. Kane. Yeah. And playing against in last night's game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And in last night's game, the Canadians controlled the five on five play. They they had a hefty, well, a significant lead 
in expected goals for, in possession, in high danger chances. Like they they outplayed the Rangers. The Montreal Rocket outplayed the Rangers after right. they added. Right. So this is a team that's playing. Some are playing for jobs. Everyone's playing for pride. But this is a, it's a team that's clearly close-knit, and they're following whatever plan that St. Louis has given them, and they're doing their absolute best. And the fans are the better for it. Right. They're entertained. And if you want to see them lose, great. They're still losing. But people who want to watch good hockey are not being disappointed. So I'll just jump into the game if you like. Um, yep. I want to start with Caden Gooley. Oh yeah, he's the guy has been when he's been healthy. He's been arguably right up there with Matheson and being their best defenseman. Yeah, he's blocking shots. He's he's throwing the body. He looks like a veteran player out there. Scored in the first what thirty seconds or so of the game, thirty five seconds of the game. Um, it's a fluke, but hell with it. I'll take it. And then picked up an assist on the next goal when Belzil came in and made that shot that we talked about earlier. Um, it was one of those games where you score, I score, you score, I score, you score, I score right up till the end. There was never a time where uh, anybody had more than a goal lead. So when I looked at it, what I what I think kind of got kind of their moment, the moment, not going to say the momentum swing, but when things kind of slowed down for the Canadians is when they got into penalty trouble. And we've noticed that a lot this year, yeah. uh, taking four, four straight penalties, um, a slash of too many men, a trip, and then a delay a game. A couple of those are avoidable, but take to take four straight. You let one, one of them up when that was the first goal, that was the left or near tip. Um, yeah. When you have guys like Panarin, Fox, Patrick Kane, Tarasenko, et cetera, out there, you don't want to give them too much time with the puck. And uh, <laughs> unfortunately, it, unfortunately, it costs them that one time. But um, for me, it was just, as you said earlier, it was the competitiveness that they've shown and that they've shown over the last week, 10 days or so that they're playing against these strong teams and they're, they're hanging in there. Um, when I, when I look at um, the game as a whole, obviously I'm disappointed that they couldn't pick up the win when it went to a shootout, but team tanks happy because they only got a single point. And Arizona's winning games. So the Canadians are only a couple of points ahead of Arizona. Right. But like, I, I'm looking at it and it's it's the guys that the guys that you want to succeed are the guys that are putting the pucks in the net right now, which Gooley, Belzil, Anderson coming in scoring shorthanded. Um, I thought that he looked fantastic and like everybody wants to trade this yeah. guy. I don't know why. Right. Probably I'm, because I'm, he's got value. Right. I'm still on team Anderson. I really am. I like the guy. I hope they keep him, but he scored his 19th last night. Um, assisted by tyranny shorthanded got a couple more chances i wish they would have given him the opportunity in a shootout he's not a shootout shooter he's like max patch not as much of a goal scorer but uh volume shooter yeah volume shooter don't put him out there on the, on the uh, guy that scores that much don't put him out there on the shootout at least it beats dvorak's uh i'm always going to the backhand move but um when I look at the game as a whole, though, again, competitive. They didn't quit. Um, power play still needs a hell of a lot of work. And that'll come in time. Um, right now, they don't They don't have the pieces. When you've got – and I, this, I'm not trying to shit on these guys, but when you've got Weidman out there trying to quarterback a power play, a guy that hasn't played the majority of the year, even with the injuries that they had and playing with the injuries – um again tonight with Harris being out Wyman still only played eight minutes on a game that went a full full went right into a shootout so to me it doesn't look like this is going to be a guy that's going to be 
going forward a member of this team. Like he's still signed for next year um, at seven. 762.5 or something like that basically league minimum yeah but i just i just don't see it like yeah he'll be at training camp but i i see him being one of those guys that's get that gets put on waivers they they don't have a spot for him right now and with the uh the emergence of a guy like kovacevic harris even baron to an extent for the sample size that we've seen I'd be more comfortable having those those guys in the lineup than Chris White. Yeah, I can see that. Um, but you're going to need a couple of older veteran guys that you can just, you don't care if they get any ice time and you can just throw them out at a game here and there. You need those kinds of guys. So I think Weidman's probably going to stay. But I don't know. There, there's going to be a lot of upheaval this summer. There it's will, just there inevitable. will, there will. When we hit, when like when we're in Nashville, there's going to be some trades. There's going to be some wheeling to dealing. Yeah. We're going to see some guys move around. Um, we'll see if Edmonton moves, because apparently there was interest by multiple teams. The only thing is, it's one of those. It's his last year of the deal. Yeah, and teams wanted to see him play. So if he has himself a, a solid. Uh, last quarter of the season, he plays all the games. He looks good doing it. Come draft day, we may see him go. And, and if uh, Hughes can get that first round pick that he's looking for, that third pick in the first round, and Edmondson's the guy that can get it for him, he's gone. He, right. He's looking for that pick. Whether it's Edmondson or someone else, he is going to make a deal to get that pick. Now with Edmondson, I mean, he played about, just under 20 minutes. I think it was 18 something. He looked okay. Like he he played hard on the penalty kill. I think he was one of the leaders in the penalty kill in ice time, second or third. Um, but he he played a solid game. He did what he always does. You know, he he's mobile, he can transition the puck, he'll he'll clear the front of the net. Nothing, nothing spectacular, but that's what you want to see from him. Matheson was everywhere. This guy is unbelievable. And he has been everywhere He's played lately. played so well. Played 31 yeah. minutes last night. Almost played 31 yeah. last night. And he had a, he was, um, I think he was made, probably the main reason the Canadians had such quality control of the game because they controlled the flow of the game. They controlled the puck. Him, Gooley, uh, Suzuki, a, as a group, they had about two thirds of the game. The puck was on their stick. Yeah. And the only reason it wasn't higher is because they had those penalties, all those penalties in a row. Yeah. I'll admit when they, when they traded Matheson or they traded for Matheson, um, I was a little less enthused. Yeah. I looked at some of his numbers. I looked at a little bit of his play and I'm like, Oh, what are we getting into here? But looking at it now, Canadians definitely won that trade. Yeah, especially with the Penguins looking to get out from under Petrie contract, putting him on the trade block again. Right. Uh, I mean, Petrie wanted out, and there was good reason why he wanted out. It was family based, and they they made it happen for him. But bringing back a guy who is from the area, yeah, I think that's that's the masterful coup out of all this right. because. Even if he was playing a middling style of hockey, he he doesn't want to go anywhere. He wants to stay. He wants to play for this team. And I think that that has a factor on how he's been playing so far this year. He's played a little bit better than expected because I think he's more motivated. Right. So just imagine what we're going to see out of Dubois when he's, you know, wearing the colors. Nick Summer. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, that shit's still going on. Yeah. Oh. One guy that surprised me is Hoffman. Like he's played very good hockey in the last couple of months, and he played very well in the game against the Rangers. He did. You know, he wasn't. He hit the post a couple of times. He could have easily have won that game for them in the overtime, nailing the crossbar. Uh, he played about eighteen and a half minutes, and his his possession stats were excellent. 
he's shooting the puck more, which for a goal yeah. scorer or a guy that used to be a pretty premium goal scorer, it's it's what you want to see. Um, it's it's good for me. It's good that he's playing the way that he is because he's another guy on an expiring contract next year. He might be a guy that yeah. they might be able to flip. If he keeps playing like this, they'll find a taker. Yeah. I'm not saying they're going to get anything really good in value or anything of value, but they can find a taker. Yeah. I don't like, I'd be happier if he wasn't on the team going into next year. If that makes any sense. Yes. Like I was really hoping that I'd hear his name at the trade deadline. And even if, even if it was something, I, I just, I, I think that he has something that a team will be able to utilize him for, but it's not this one. Yes. Yeah. It's, there's teams out there that do need a power play guy. So there's a possibility he that have, and... that have better systems to utilize them. Yes. Yes, yeah, because Caulfield is going to be that guy next year. Right, because we know he's got that shot. We know that he's a, yeah. he can be a weapon, but it's just their setup is so awful. By the time that they get it to him, he's either gassed or he's attempted to make a pass, and you know that's never good. Well, before Caulfield's injury, the power the Habs power play was hovering around 14.5%. Since then, with Hoffman being the main trigger guy, in that time, the Canadians' power play is around 22%. It's improved because now they're actually using multiple weapons. It's not just, okay, we got to set up Caulfield, set up Caulfield, set up Caulfield, right. just like they used to do with Weber. Right. And they've now also, and, and Matheson, yeah. Matheson's definitely uh, attributed to that too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now that he's back from injury, he missed a lot of time due to injury. But I mean, they're not just going to one guy. They're passing it to multiple people and they're trying different looks. Suzuki will shoot or Matheson will shoot. Uh, Jack guy, when he was healthy, when he was healthy and playing on the power play, he was excellent at getting pucks on net. Yeah. So they were doing things differently. I think it's just really, and back to Hoffman real quick. Um, I do think that Hughes keeping one of the, uh, salary retention options prior to July 1st, because he's got two used up, but those contracts are expiring. So July 1, it resets. But he's still got that one in his back pocket that he could use on draft day, which is about a week before that. So if he wants to move Hoffman and get something okay, he can eat half that contract. Right. With the Canadians having about 20 four million dollars in cap space next year eating two million next year is not going to be a big deal right well you look at the numbers next year and you've got a couple guys that are going to jump up in salary um yeah. the big Caulfield one being the big one the big one being caufield um he pun intended uh, yeah uh he's the one that's going to be going up but other than that no one else is jumping up in pay um not really uh, quickly run through some of the UFAs, RFAs. So Jonathan Drouin, he ain't coming back. Or I find it very, very hard to believe that he's coming back. Uh, Garyanov, For his sake, I hope not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Garyanov, we'll see. Uh, he's an RFA, 2.9 mil. Uh, Yelonen, and if he does come back, it'll be less than that. Yeah, Yelonen's making 880 right now, RFA. Harvey Pinard, 825 RFA. Pizzetta, 750 RFA. Belzil, 750 UFA. Richard, 750 RFA. Tierney, 750 UFA. Um, Caulfield, again, he'll get the big, uh, he'll get the big um, bump up and pay. Byron, he ain't going to come back. That's 3.4 that they're going to get back. And the question mark for me is going to be Sean Monaghan. He's making 6.3 right now, just over 6.3. There's been talks that he's going to come back. There's talks that he's going to that they're going to let him walk. There was talks that that he was the big trade chip. Obviously, that never happened. We saw what how Suzuki played and how the Canadians played, having another center, having another guy that can take some of the burden off of Suzuki, 
not having to be the guy that's driving the offense and they had they literally being a one line offensive team. What do you think is going to happen with Monahan? Had he been healthy, he'd have been treated. Yes. Guaranteed. Yes. Guaranteed. But now with, uh, with, I wrote about it on the hockey with, board. with an opportunity to come back or just gone. Just gone. Okay. Cause whoever's going to pick him up, then, then he'll, they'll, he'll sign somewhere else. Okay. But I think, and I wrote about this with the hockey writers. I think that what's going to happen now is because of the injury, they'll probably just end up giving him, you know, a one year show me deal. Now, Marco D'Amico uh, went one further with yeah, Montreal I saw that now one. and mentioned I saw that one with the performance bonuses he, and stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's a one year deal, a show me deal. I I said something cheap, you know, about one and a half to two million. He's he, and he kind of agreed, but he used the performance bonus side of it, which makes perfect sense. Yeah. So that's something that I'm expecting. They'll keep him on board, let him play healthy, and then you and then flip him for something at the deadline. Right. And use him, like you said, to to kind of solidify that top six to add support because Doc should be back. So you'll have Suzuki and Doc in your top six. Monahan as an excellent support system for Doc on that second line. Um, I'm not sure who's going to be the third line center. Is it going to be Dvorak? Is he gone? Are they bringing someone else in? So uh, that's my expectation that he's going to be there and he'll be he's very useful for a team. He is like, to do the, that kind of role. The sample size that we saw, he put up 17 points in 25 games. Yeah. Um, all, in those 25 games, he's still 10th in scoring. Yeah. And I just, I'm kind of on the fence about this one. Like I, I, I want to see the guy come back. He could win face. I was over 55% face offs, which is something they need to die or help with. I liked him. I like what he brought. I just, the injuries scare me. And and, and that's why it's and, a one-year and, deal. And, and, that's, and that's why the one-year deal, that's why the cheap, cheap, cheap. The only, the only yeah. thing that, the only thing that kind of makes me nervous there is, okay, there's nerves and then there's long-term plans, okay? Nerves, nerves for me is, is there somebody else out there that they could get to fill that hole? Probably. However, yeah. But my if I'm looking long term, and I'm going to bring, I'm bringing them up again. I'm bringing Dubois back into this conversation, right? Dubois. I do think the, that would be a factor. Do yeah, Dubois at the end of next season is an unrestricted free agent, and everyone that we are talking to is saying that Dubois doesn't matter if Winnipeg wins the cup this year, wins the cup next year, this guy is out of Winnipeg. He may be gone as of this summer. Exactly. Because if he's not willing to sign long-term, they may move him. Right. And we're looking at a guy, he's, he's, he's right now he's injured, but he still played 61 games. He's got 55 points in that. His career high... 61 points when he was 20. The guy's only 24 years old now. If they have an opportunity to bring this guy in as a UFA and it's a guy that wants to be there to bring him in, he'll be, let's see, where's his birthday? His birthday's in June. Okay. So they'd be signing him at 26 years old, going right into his prime. A guy that is from Quebec that we know that Bergevin really liked at the draft that I know you've seen plays. He played for Cape Breton. Yeah. Oh yeah. You kind of have to look at who you bring in next year. You got to look at the dollars and cents. You got to look at term for the possibility that this could happen. Well, clearly that it, you know, all things being equal Monahan's back. Yeah. But, and, and, and that one year in that one year contract. Yeah. Yeah. Would yeah. be kind of a stepping stone for somebody else to come in. Yes, exactly. He's just there to fill a role and to be used as a, a trade chip later. Now, if over the summer the Canadians somehow get someone like Dubois, well, you've just increased the uh, you've just shortened your timeline 
on right. your rebuild. Yeah. And you don't need Monahan at that point. Right. Like you could you could sign him if he still had room. Why not? And then flip if they him could, later. If they could flip Dvorak or something and bring him in to be the three C, I'm all for it. Sure. We don't know what would have to be given up to get uh the rights to Dubois right. or if it's a sign and trade or whatever. So whatever the uh, the case is, adding Dubois to Doc, Suzuki, Slavkovsky, uh, whoever the Canadians pick, uh, fifth through seven, and then 11 through 12. I mean, those two players are going to pick in the first early in the first round, right? Are going to factor in a year or two down the road, like yeah. next season or yeah. the season after. So you have to kind of think ahead. With the blue line they got, they add all those players, maybe a, an impro. Uh, take another year to improve in goal but this this rebuild goes from being two to three more years to being one or two right that's if he shows up because that that's a quality player who plays the the game the way the canadians want to play he's got size he's got skill two things that they really they value um so that would make for an excellent draft day but i I'm not holding my breath on on him coming to Montreal this I'm, summer. I don't think it'll be this summer. I, I I do think they want to see what they have in the cupboard when it comes to the players that are playing for them now and the guys, the prospects that they have. See some battling during training camp. See who earns a spot. And then see what you got from there. But I, I, I do think it's going to be one of those, if he signs another one-year extension with Winnipeg, I think he's good as gone out of Winnipeg and that storyline is going to continue throughout the year, throughout the year. Yes, it will. That, you know, is this the guy that's going to come home to the Canadians and they're going to show pictures of him in his pajamas and all that shit. Right. So. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Yeah. That, and if he doesn't have those pictures, someone will Photoshop. Yeah, them we will alter no those. Worries. We will alter those photos. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, that'd be great. But for this season right now, what I'm watching for just to tie the show up into a bow here and kind of finish it off. What I'm looking for the rest of the way is how do the Canadians approach injuries? Yeah. How do they help the players recover from injuries? How truthful they are with the reporting of those injuries. That's the, on the outside on the ice. I want to see team, the team compete the way it has been. You watch Harvey Pinard. He is all out, 100% effort at all times. That's that one play where he was cutting through three defenders, leaped and still got a shot on. That's the kind of stuff that I'm looking for. I want to see the players fight for jobs. I want to see yeah. the players I want to see second uh, effort. fight for their teammates. Yeah, second efforts. I want to see how they compete now when what they're fighting for is each other. Right. Because that, to me, will determine what kind of motivation they'll have once the team is competitive. Because once yeah. it's competitive, you're you're fighting for a yeah. championship. Well, but the basis is fighting for each other. Right. Look at look at last year, okay? And I know we're, we're um, finishing yeah. the show up here. But look at last year at this time where the Canadians were sitting in the standings. You look at the bench. And it was the heads were drooped. All the interviews that they had were just the guys were just defeated and broken. You look at it this season, Canadians still in the bottom tier of the league. But the guys are out there, they're skating, they're joking around, they're this, they're that. And now we're seeing the competitiveness level, especially the last five games or so. And I agree with you. If they can continue being that kind of thorn in the side type team, that's not going to be, you know, oh, we're going to Montreal. It's going to be an easy out. That's what I want to see. And do I do I want to see them get a good draft pick? Of course. Would I love to see them get Connor Bedard? Absolutely. The guy's a generational talent, and it seems that every time you turn the TV on, he's doing something crazy. But I do not want to see it to the detriment of the fans and the detriment of the guys that are playing on the team right now. I don't want to see them go out there and just blow games just to, you know, just because. To be the Oilers of the 2020s. Right. Essentially. Right. 
if it happens that luck is in their favor and the hockey gods finally come back and say, I'm sorry I injured all of your players. However, yeah. here's a here's a new shiny one. Don't fuck this up. Then I'll be okay. Yeah. I'll be all right with that. But we talked about it a little bit in the last show. Some of the guys that are going to be available, they're looking like they're going to have two two picks in the top 13 to 15. Yeah. They're not, I don't think they're going to fuck this up. Like they're they've they've had their time to look at those players pretty much since the start of the year. They've had the opportunity to look at these players because they know because they, they know. So this is a this isn't a hey, let's pick a guy that's supposed to go 50 at number seven or six, right? So they're not going to fuck this up. And to piggyback on what you're saying about. Uh, the attitude and all that. You look at last year, uh, just before they fired uh, Dominic Ducharme, Anderson openly said, we're embarrassed. We're embarrassed with how we're playing. It's not fun. And then you see this year, he was asked after the New York game uh, yesterday, he, he says they're building something towards the future and that they're having fun. So even though they're losing, they're enjoying their, they're enjoying themselves they're having fun it's a tight knit group and they know what they're go, what they're playing for they know they're playing for each other and that they're building something whereas last year they were just dejected so the head down thing yep. exactly it yep. so it at least now they have a winning attitude a winner's attitude where they're focused on the process to win and last year they just they they zombie walked through the season now they're they're fighting for it and i think that's a better environment to develop young players in right whenever they're there you know if they're not out hurt <laughs> so, yes. so guys like Gooley and harris and jacki and slavkovsky and kovacevic even like the, the, the habs have had a shitload of young players go through this season and they've played in an environment where effort is rewarded yes yes so you can shit all over the team for the way they've uh, uh, developed Slavkovsky, for instance. I know that there's a lot of people angry about that. But the very least, you know that when all is said and done, it won't, uh, he won't have failed because the team didn't do enough for him. Right. They're going to see him play with Kirby Doc next year. The year after that, he's probably going to be skating beside Dubois. So you heard it here first. Yeah, I'm... I'm I know he had he had a underwhelming statistical season. But... He did, but he showed he showed he showed flashes. And the guy's eighteen years old. I'm not going to give up on him. I'm not going to give up on him right away. No, he's way too young. And big guys like him take a little bit more time anyway. Yeah. So you know, by uh, by this time, uh, by uh, by summertime, we'll see a better. We'll have a better picture of what next season's team's going to look like. But for now. Right. That's what I'm looking for. I'm just looking right. for this team to be right. I you know, found, competitive I found team last year. I found last year just dragged on. Absolutely dragged on. Yeah. Um, this year, there's only 17 games left in the season. Like, it's hard to believe. It doesn't feel like it, does it? It doesn't feel like it at all because yeah. the team has shown that competitive nature that they yeah. didn't have last year. So you're not like, oh, my God, it's only game 25. What the fuck am I going to do all year? <laughs> Right. This year, yeah. this year, it's like, I can't believe it's, I can't believe, I, I honestly can't believe 17 games left in the season. Like last night when the Canadians were playing, I just, I just recorded it because I was playing my own uh, league game. So right. I went to go play hockey. Last year, I probably would have just skipped watching the game. But when I came home from hockey, had my shower, I sat down and watched the whole game. Right just to see what it and I was not disappointed. So that's the difference between then and now you want to watch the games. Now, last year, you just watched it out of duty this year. You want to, you want to watch them. Yeah. With, with that being said, with the 17 games left in the season, just before we finish up here this year, I'm hoping that the guys that are healthy if given the opportunity to go to the world championships, I hope they take it. Slavkovsky, for instance, he's, he should be back from injury around then. So I'd like to see him go 
the guys who couldn't go back down to the AHL, if they get invited, I'd right. like to see them go. I'd like to see Suzuki go. I know that he's going to end up playing mostly the whole year, but if he has the opportunity to go, Matheson, Anderson, these are guys I would not mind seeing on that team. As long as they're healthy. Hell, even, even, a, even up, a guy, even a guy like Allen or Montembeau going as a goaltender. I, I, I would be okay with that. Hell, the whole team. I don't care if they send right. the whole team. However, as as at, the, goes, at the same time, look after your injuries if you got to look after your injuries. <laughs> exactly. Stay home if you're hurt. Don't right. go play. Yeah. If you're healthy, go. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, I mean, we covered a ton of ground. We did. Uh, Treg, Treg would have loved to have been here, but uh, he, unfortunately, he was unavailable to us today. Uh, be sure to go, you know, if you're listening to the show now, be sure to go pick on him online. You know, ask him why he wasn't wearing pants. Let's keep that going. Let's keep that joke going. Uh, for everyone still listening, thank you very much. We really do appreciate it. Uh, we we are uh, taking in your requests and your comments and by email online. Uh, next uh, next week, we're gonna have a a, a little bit of a, a gift for all of you guys. There's gonna be something fun. You're going to love the guest that's going to come on to the show next week. So uh, keep an eye out for that. And uh, remember, if you're talking about it, so are we. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com.